0: Welcome to the Breathe Mama podcast. I'm Christine, and I'm your host. I'm a woman, a wife, a mama. I'm also an entrepreneur, an Enneagram 8, and a soul care coach. Our breath is foundational to every part of our well-being. This podcast will offer insights, stories, and truth telling that I hope feels just like a big belly breath of air for your soul. We will embark on the worthy pursuit of purpose and presence in the little pauses. I hope to encourage and guide you to connect with and nurture the deepest parts of who you are so that we can show up as our truest, most healthy selves, and I believe we can do that best as a collective, together. Well, hello and welcome back. This is episode five and part two of my selfless self-care series. This week, we are going to address slowing down. I know this is something that in different ways has collectively happened to all of us in this pandemic, and I've seen just how challenging it's been for us as a culture to accept our work changing or maybe even being taken away from us, at least in the way we once knew it. Activities we never thought twice about participating in are no longer options, or are now a part of a very intricate risk assessment we have to do with every choice we make about how to engage in our world. And lots more time at home with our roommates, partners, and kiddos than we were used to. Perhaps over time, you've grown more open and even started to welcome this slower pace. But overall, the choice wasn't ours when it's come to how and when things have slowed down or even stopped in our life since March. And that is difficult. This idea of slowing down is a lesson that I am learning in real time, on the heels of an intense, heartbreaking, and transformative road through a complex and heavy season. I hope and pray that your invitation to slow down is not something as abrupt and urgent like mine was, a cancer diagnosis. I hope and pray that you take heed of this selfless self-care practice now, that you welcome the discomfort of this intentional rhythm that is activated only by proactive, purposeful action, that you count the cost of not slowing down and reconsider your short and long-term priorities for vitality, wellness, and for wholeness. So let's explore this a little more together. We know that we live in a society that celebrates and rewards productivity. In 1978, author Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Discipline, The Path to Spiritual Growth, wrote, in contemporary society, our adversary majors in three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. If he can keep us engaged in muchness and manyness, he will rest satisfied. Psychiatrist Carl Jung once remarked, hurry is not of the devil, hurry is the devil. From the outside, people who appear to be engaged in muchness and manyness are the productive ones, the hustlers, the go-getters. They're accomplishing things, marking off their to-do lists and their bucket lists, and in many ways, This has been me. But for what? Let's pause together and ask ourselves is productivity really our goal? And if it is, why? What exactly is the thing we're trying to accomplish or prove? And what does productivity really mean? To what end? Most of us can agree that productivity is important and helpful, but what are we missing out on when that is our primary metric for a day well lived? Nearly all of the ways we look at success on any given day are external. We want something objective and concrete to measure, to compare our productivity to others, to report to our planner or to someone else at the end of the day. Maybe it's the number of loads of laundry or dishes we've done or meals we've prepped for the week. Maybe it's sales at work or in our business. Maybe it's miles run or ridden. But how do you measure your soul? How do you measure someone's spirit? What I am most interested in is this. What does productivity look like from a soul care perspective? A mentor shared this mantra with me many years ago, and it's helped me at multiple points in my adulthood when I felt less than enough, when I've found myself in a trance of unworthiness that I mentioned last week in the episode on clearing space. It goes something like this. My work may not be finished, but I am finished with my work. I don't know why, but this particular arrangement of words is so powerful to me. It helps me to detach from an unhealthy lie that I often believe, that my worth comes from the value I add to others in a given day. I also love this quote from one of my favorite authors, Anne Lamott. She says, Of course, there will always be more to do, but you have to remind yourself that perfectionism is the voice of the oppressor. Slowing down can feel so unnatural and disorienting, almost like waking up without having even known you were asleep. One thing I had a strong hunch about already, but that I've confirmed by actually slowing down these last 17 months, is how habitually I was rushing. It feels that I've been running from something my whole life, and to be honest, I'm still reflecting on exactly what that is. But in college, I remember describing the feeling in my journal as the days rolling over me, as if I had no agency in my own life. This pointed to the pervasive, intangible rushing with a pressured, driven detachment that I perpetuated day after day. For years. And years. Because this habit of steady, disconnected rushing is usually more insidious than obvious, we often can't see it for what it is. We can't feel any contrast because we don't allow for one very similar to the trance I talked about last week, it becomes our default, our autopilot, and we grow too used to it as a feeling. I have a few super simple, arguably obvious ideas for ways to introduce more slow into your day. Yes, another acronym using the letters of slow. S, sit down. Stop what you're doing and sit down. I don't know how many meals a day i'm standing up stop running around your house or the office or from thing to thing and simply sit l is for learn read a book watch a video practice a hobby learn something new and that always helps me to slow down especially picking up a book and just reading o is for observe if you're out maybe people watch. Or if you're in home, look out a window, watch your kids playing, or your pet, or simply observe yourself. Go back to last week's episode for a simple mindfulness reflection that will help you to connect with what's actually happening in your body. And then W, write. Write anything down, your thoughts, your feelings. Find a journal that helps you have simple prompts, Just the time to sit down and take pen to paper can be really, really healing. So what does hurrying, rushing cost us? For one, I know it wears on our relationships. When we live life transactionally, we emphasize and choose efficiency over love. Do you sometimes trade in quality time and presence with others and yourself for efficiency and important to-dos? I know I did and I still sometimes do. It's so easy when our lives are focused on getting things done to detach from the most important, quote unquote, objects of our affections. Without meaning to, we actually begin to treat our partner or our kids like objects. We may be constantly doing things for them, thinking that's what's best, instead of fully seeing them. We exchange efficiency and hurry, hurry, rush, rush for presence and love. A question I asked us in our second episode that feels very relevant to this discussion too is this. How often are you actually somewhere else? Are there moments in your day when you think that you're present, but if you're honest, you're actually not? You are more focused on the tasks to execute than inhabiting those moments or truly connecting with others. It's subtle. You're there, but you're not really there. When you reconnect with the truest undercurrent of purpose in this life, what emerges can be pretty shocking. Maybe all the scrambling, or most of it, isn't even necessary. Slowing down and being more intentional in everything versus racing and scrambling through your day can transform everything about your life. I see this a lot in myself if I'm not careful. And in working moms, when we feel stressed and busy with too many things to do, it's very tempting and maybe even logical to constantly push ourselves. Dig deep, put your nose to the ground and push through that busy work day. And then get up, race through your early morning routine, get to work. Maybe you're a little late for meetings. You're constantly feeling like you're behind. Stop stop and eat, why would I do that? every lunch is a working lunch, and then racing back home to your personal life where you hopefully get some family time in. But when we operate out of this habitual pushing and rushing, we're so focused on getting things done that we're not actually fully present. We continue to feel the stress, and there's this undercurrent of you're not enough. And it's exhausting. It's definitely not sustainable. And I know this because I did it for many, many years. Not surprisingly, burnout or other mental or physical health challenges often emerge. Mind and body are trying to get our attention, trying to slow us down. If you slow down and work and live more intentionally, if you take better care of yourself, you'll actually probably be way more effective at just about everything. Now if you're tired of creating your own false hurry like I was and want to start living more fully, here's a quick review of some of the strategies I've already shared in previous episodes that are particularly helpful for me when I'm seeking to slow down. Episode 1, I talk about the STOP strategy. S stands for stop, T stands for take a breath, O for observe, and P for proceed. And I also talked about single tasking doing away with multitasking and being present to the thing you're doing. Episode two, I talk about self-soothing via our senses, practicing mindfulness in the moment. And episode three, we talked about sharing the mental load in the context of partnership, but taking time to write it down, communicating it to someone, asking a trusted other's opinion, and truly reflecting instead of doing it all yourself can help you to slow down. And then last week, episode four, pausing and practicing presence. We must draw ourselves into awareness of our habits of rushing. When we catch ourselves doing it, I encourage you to do two things. The first is ask yourself, is this really necessary? Are the extra minutes or even just seconds that we might gain really worth all of the extra stress? And then two, when you catch yourself doing it, dial back your pace. Take a few deep breaths. You've probably been breathing very shallowly. Relax your shoulders. Focus on what you need to do and release any extra pressure you've placed on yourself to do it. You'll most likely find that you can do many more tasks effectively from this intentionally relaxed state of mind. And if you can, refrain from judging that you were rushing at all. Notice and make an informed next choice. It can be painful to back away from the frenzy that I've created for myself, in myself, and for my family, because, well, I'm stubborn. And I can feel embarrassed or ashamed that I've done it again. But it's never too late, and there's nothing more powerful than modeling for those you love, extending grace to yourself, and correcting your course when you've strayed. Practice being present. When you're in a Zoom meeting, be in the meeting, not on Facebook, not checking your phone or thinking about dinner. When you're with your kids, put down your phone in another room, that's what I need to do, and really be with them. Setting down our busy, distracted thoughts to be with the people that we want to be around actually allows us to spend more time in our lives than in our heads. One strategy in particular that I want to leave you with is one that my counselor introduced me to. Maybe I should be embarrassed that this literally never crossed my mind to do, but for the possibility that it benefits you as well, I want to share it. It's called white space, putting chunks of time into your schedule, into your day on purpose in an effort to create some breathing room and slow down. You may have heard of this as a strategy for increasing productivity, And although it sounds counterintuitive, or at least it did to me, it may do just that. But the heart behind this idea is about so much more than what we can get done. It's a much more tender approach to productivity. This is about building in space, clearing space, in an effort to effectively and immediately reduce stress, calm overwhelm, increase presence and purpose, and strengthen connection to the people and the details of your everyday. If you're looking for a quick fix, this just might be it. In my preparation for this episode, I found another podcast that I'm excited to check out. It's called Hurry Slowly, and the author is Jocelyn K. Gly. On it, she talks about all of this, how you can find more calm, comfort, and clarity through the simple act of slowing down. She says, quote, we're in the grip of a more, better, faster mentality that drains our energy and makes us feel like we're never doing enough, end quote. Does this sound familiar to you? In the book Scarcity, the researchers and authors make a compelling case for time scarcity or the state of being constantly overscheduled and how it diminishes our imaginative powers. Here's an excerpt, quote, Because we are preoccupied by time scarcity, because our minds constantly return to it, we have less mind to give the rest of our life. This is more than a metaphor. We can directly measure mental capacity or, as we call it, bandwidth. We can measure fluid intelligence, a key resource that affects how we process information and make decisions. We can measure executive control, a key resource that affects how impulsively we behave. And we find that scarcity reduces all of these components of bandwidth. It makes us less insightful, less forward-thinking, less controlled, and the effects are large. End quote. So time scarcity extinguishes creativity. If we want to create both an external and an internal environment that nourishes imagination, we need to build quiet into our daily rhythms. These small moments of white space where we have time to pause and reflect, maybe go for a walk, or just breathe deeply a few times in a row. These moments of white space are what can give balance and flow and comprehension to our lives as a larger whole. And not only that, but connection and love. The truth is that love is painfully time consuming. Hurry and love are like water and oil. They do not mix. If I honestly reflect on some of my worst moments as a mom, a wife, a friend, as a human, they're often when I'm in a hurry. Most commonly, I'm late for an appointment, feeling behind on my unrealistic to-do list, or trying to fit too much into a single day. Now, all of a sudden, I'm oozing anger and tension, complaining, blaming... And all of these are not love. Love, joy, peace, all three are incompatible with hurry. Think of joy. All the spiritual masters from inside and outside the Jesus tradition that I subscribe to agree on this one, including secular psychologists, mindfulness experts. And here it is. If there's a secret to happiness, it's simple. Presence to the moment. The more present we are to the now, the more content and grateful we can be for what is, and the more we can access true joy. So friends, this is an invitation for you to slow down, breathe, do one thing at a time. I have a feeling that like me, you too will be pleasantly surprised with how much you still get done, and most importantly, how much better it all feels. I encourage you to decide on a single action step you can take today or in the next few days that will help you move towards slowing down. And I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me online at christineboy.com, via email at breathemamacollective at gmail.com, or on Instagram or Facebook at breathemamacollective. Bye-bye for now, and be well fam. love this podcast please subscribe you'll get real-time updates when new episodes drop and I would love to have you along for this ride feeling inspired share the love leave a review send your friend a link to this episode and please send me a message want to hang out with me more I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook until next time breathe mama